The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. God is not worthy to be praised. If He's worthy, lift up your voice and just give Him a praise in the house. Just magnify the one who is worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship, worthy of all honor. We are born with a purpose, and that purpose is to give him praise. The one that has seen us from January, February, March, April, the last Sunday in the month of May, he deserves our worship. We thank you, our Father. We exalt you, the Prince of Peace. We honor you, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who was and is and is to come. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your ways are past finding. You've loved us with an everlasting love. We celebrate your goodness, O oh God. We celebrate your love and we say thank you. We're born to give you praise. May our lives give you praise all the days of our lives. Thank you, Lamb of God. Thank you, ancient of days. Thank you, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, the sustainer of breath in our nostrils. Thank you, the giver of life. We are forever grateful, O oh God. One more time, give him a wave offering as we celebrate Jesus in the house. Celebrate Jesus in the house. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn around to somebody to your left, to your right. Tell them, God loves you. I don't know whether the person next to you loves you, but I know God loves me. He loves you. He loves me. As you have your seats, may please take your seats in his wonderful presence. Thank you, fragrance of life. The Lord bless you richly in Jesus' name. Your voices will go to the nations of the earth as a blessing to many in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. I've, seen, I've not seen a lot of faces for a long time. I've missed every single one of you. Uh, by the special grace of God, we, myself and my wife, had to be away to Lagos, Nigeria, Benin City, Nigeria, actually, where we had to give a befitting burial to my mother-in-law. God had graced her with the opportunity to live up to 95 years. So it was uh, what they call uh, Owam. Let me not finish it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But we're grateful to God for giving us the grace to travel and to come back and to also have a good time. And I'd like to use this opportunity to thank every single one of you. Your prayers, your support, your gifts had gone a long way, you know, in helping us give our mom the wonderful burial that she deserved. We believe God that one day we all will see him again because she lived a good life. In fact, the day she passed on, she, she just said to one of the grandsons, I just want to rest. She had eaten in the morning. She wasn't sick. And she said, hey, I just want to rest. And she just lay down and that was it. What a beautiful way to die. The Bible says, blessed in this presence, in the sight of God, are the deaths of the saints. We're grateful to God. Really, really grateful to God. 
And I told us that on the 11th of June, um, we're going to be doing a special Thanksgiving, myself and my family, to God for a life well lived. And then also to say thank you to a couple of you who uh, had been there supporting and praying for us. The Lord bless you richly in Jesus' name. All the men in the house, I'd like you to shout hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank God for the fire be behind what the men are doing. Uh, this year, it has been a really a double portion for all the men. Wednesday is another date. You can't afford to miss it. Wednesday, 7 p.m. And the topic we're discussing is achieving good success. Achieving good success. Most of you men, especially some of you who are watching online or some of you who are here present, there's a tendency to think that, oh, I have left something good where I was coming from. And then you come into this environment, there's a lot of struggle. You're wondering, what in the world, how in the world did I find myself here? Uh, make no mistakes, God brought you here for a purpose. God brought you here for a purpose. For a couple of years, when I came into, I was wondering, why am I here? But thank God for God. So you want to achieve good success in this land, please come on Wednesday. And I'm sure the Lord will bless you richly in Jesus' name. Our platform, again, is a Zoom platform. Many, many of you have the link. It's going to be put out there in the um, Zoom link. I mean, the uh, WhatsApp page. If you're not there, please, you can see uh, Bratunde. They, they can link you up and put you a part of the group for all the men in the house. Finally, I'd like for us to please take note of this. I'd like for us to please write it out in our calendars, in our diaries. June 23rd, which is a Friday. June 24th, which is a Saturday. And then June 25th. I'd like you to please kindly note it. Because we're going to be having a special zonal program. This church, by the special grace of God, is a zonal church. In other words, uh, we're the zonal headquarters of uh, Ontario Zone 5. We're having a zonal today's impact program called Build to Last. If you want to know how you can build your life to last, then you need to be in that meeting. Friday of it is 7 p.m. and we have about eight churches in the zone that are going to be coming. So please, um, as I say, don't fall my hand. <laughs> in other words, if, if everybody comes from outside and we don't see you, there's going to be a problem. So please, let's come. Let's plan to be there. If, if you need transportation, please see the King Jide. We can make arrangements for transportation and accordingly. So all the departments, please take notes. Our ministry is Pastor Yemi Davis. He's going to be here that weekend on Friday, 7 p.m., on Saturday, 10 a.m. in the morning, and then on Sunday, he's going to be ministering here with us. It's going to be an impactful service. You can't afford to miss it. But let's, let's plan for it. And it's going to be a blessing to all of us. In Jesus' name. There's a song that um, there's a song that many of us know very well. I'm going to use that song to take two or three prayer points, and then I go into what I have to share. Uh, the song lyric says, "Show me how to love in every true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return." I want to give my life away, becoming more like you each and every day. Words are not enough. For many of us, love is about words. 
But love goes beyond words. Words are good. But real love is rooted in action. So we're going to stand to our feet one more time, please. We're going to sing that song, Show Me How to Love, maybe two times. Or Teach Me How to Love. And we're going to take um, one or two prayer points. And then we'll go into what we have to share this morning. Show me how to love. In the true meaning of the word, teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. How to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach, Teach me to sacrifice, sacrifice expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life always, becoming more like you than every day. Lord, let my words be. Show me how to love again. One more time. Say, show me how to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life always. Coming more like huge and every day. My words are not enough. This show me how to love. I'd like you to lift up your voice. The Bible says that the love is a fruit of the Spirit. I'd like you to lift up your voice to the Holy Spirit. Say, Father, teach me how to love. Show me how to love in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and talk to God this morning. Teach me to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life away just like the same way you gave it out. Lord, teach me how to love. Teach me how to be kind. Teach me how to be patient. Teach me, oh God in heaven, how to be courteous. Lord, teach me the same love that you showed. As a church. As a people, as a family, as a group, Lord, show us how to love. Reveal the love of God to us. Oh, We are asking today, oh God, that Lord, you multiply love in our hearts like never before. Show us, oh God, how to love. That our lives will be filled with your love. Manifesting your love, fulfilling your love. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you for teaching us how to love. Thank you. I'd like you to grab somebody to your left. You're going to pray for the person that you're holding. The Bible says in Psalms 133 and verse 3, that God has commanded love. God has commanded the blessings on the platform of love. You're going to pray for that person you're holding. You're going to say, Father, let your blessings envelop my friend in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray for that person with every passion that you have got. 
with every grace that you have, that the blessings of God will fill that life, that the goodness of God will fill that life, that as we live a life of love as a church and as a people, that the blessings of God manifesting in love will fill our lives to an overflowing in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up each and every one of us, oh God. Everyone under the sound of my voice. Their expectations, their needs. I ask that God, you will meet every need according to your riches in glory. In the name of Jesus. You said you commanded your blessings. We command your blessings over every life, over every individual. We declare your blessings over our lives, over our families, over our careers, over our jobs of our businesses. We declare your blessings today in the name of Jesus. You've loved us with an everlasting love. We therefore declare by reason of your love over us, every blessings meant for children. We receive it today. We receive it today. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And so, Father, we thank you because you've loved us with an everlasting love. You've called us your children. You say, What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us? Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. For everyone under the sound of my voice online or here present, I pray, eternal Father, make us a living example of men and women truly loved of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Manifest your love through us. Let the world see us and marvel at your goodness. So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. Let this love radiate through us, O God, and be a blessing to our generation. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Today, teach us to love. Teach us to live in love. Teach us to walk in love. And teach us to love one another. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please kindly take your seats. I'd like to start with a joke that I read in the course of the week. Uh, a kindergarten teacher wanted to teach the students about self-esteem. And she turned to her class and said to the, teach, I mean, to the students in the class, every one of you who thinks you are dumb, please can you stand up? Now when she, made the que- I mean, when she asked the question, she was expecting that nobody at least would stand up because nobody should acknowledge or say that he or she is dumb. But she didn't realize that somebody would stand up. So a little boy called Johnny stood up. So the teacher was confused and said, now Johnny, do you really think you are dumb? And Johnny was quiet for a bit. Johnny said, no, ma'am, I just hate to see you standing up all by yourself. (laughs) So I decided 
Let me stand with you. Real love. Real love. What does it look like? Is it good bumps running through your veins because you've seen a lovely picture of a damsel or of a young man with a six-pack for young people? What does it look like? Is it butterflies in your stomach just because it buys you ice cream? from a double-double from Tim Hortons. It tells you all the kind words in the world. You, you don't know how much you mean to me. You're just the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, every time I see you, oh, you know, you, you just, you just, I'm just flustered. I'm just swayed. My legs can't even stand. Real love. Is it that emotion that keeps you up at night, up to 2 a.m. for young folks? Not even only for young folks. Even for elderly folks. And they're chatting away. And they're smiling. And they're waiting for the next text to come back. They're holding the phones in their hands. And when it comes in, This morning we've been talking about real love. But friends, real love is beyond the emotions. It's not a feeling. It's not a goosebumps. It's not the cliches of the words we speak that tends to be attractive for a while and for a season just because a man or a woman needs something. And that is it. How does it look like? We, we talked about different fashions. I'm not going to, for the sake of our time, go into those dimensions of what I've been said. For those who were here last weekend, it was, I guess it was very powerful. I watched online and it was blessed. Talking about loving, a strong marriage, and all and on. But today I want to talk about real love within the context of loving one another. So I'd like you to look to the brother or the sister by your side and ask them, do you love me? Some of you can vocalize it because it's a brother that is sitting by you and you're a woman. <laughs> you know, that is because somehow we've, we've come up with this toga in our minds that you can only say to a, a, a man, can only say, say to a lady, I love you, when, for instance, there's something feeling inside. No! Goes beyond that. Ask someone again, do you really love me? You know what I'm seeing? I've seen the sisters facing the sisters and not facing brothers. <laughs> what does it look like? John chapter 13, 34 and verse 35. Jesus defining for us what real love is, especially as expressed. Towards one another, puts it in this way. 
a new instruction, commandment I give you. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Verse 35. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. John chapter 15 and verse 12. Same scripture replaying itself. When Jesus Christ was finishing his ministry here on earth. He, he puts it into context again and said, this is my commandment. That you do what? You love one another. And qualifies it as I have loved you. What is Christ saying that real love is? I'm going to talk to, look at it from five, three or four different dimensions. Then we'll draw this to a close. What is he saying when he talks about real love? Within the context of loving one another, he is saying this is a commandment. In other words, this must be a priority for you and for me. Real love is a priority that every one of us must pay attention to. It's a command. It's not an option. I don't like you, so I don't love you. Not optional. You don't buy me something, I don't love you. It's not optional. I don't like your face, so I can't roll with you. It's not optional. You changed in the process of time when I married you, so I can't love you anymore. No, it's not optional. Real love is not optional, friends. It is something you must pay priority to. For every kingdom seeker, God lover, Christ follower, real love is a command. Tell somebody it's a command. You know what a command is? A command is something you say to someone, say, hey, get up. And if he refuses to get up, there are consequences. Sit down. And if he refuses to sit down, there are consequences. We have choices in life that God gives to us. For instance, it's a choice whether to come to church this morning or not. The heavens will burst forth if you don't. It's a choice whether you decide to eat this morning or take three square meals a day. You can decide to eat just one more square meal and that is okay. But see, when it's a command, it is not optional. For instance, it's not, it's not optional if you are a resident of Canada or a citizen for you not to file your taxes. And you walk. It's not optional. Not optional. The same thing is, friends, when you defy the laws of a command, it comes with its consequences. And everyone who is heaven conscious, kingdom minded, must understand the principles of the fact that real love is a priority. It's a priority you got to give. Why? Because that is the nature of God, and God wants you to walk in his nature, imbibe his nature, live by his nature, exemplify his nature. Everyone who is a parent here knows that 
you, everyone wants his or her child to look like him or her. Nobody wants to give back to a bastard who doesn't look like you. Not necessarily facially. If it's facial, glory be to God. For some people, you know, you see them, you see carbon copy of the, the, the children. is a replica. Can't even make a mistake about it. But for some, it, it is behavioral. Like, for instance, there's a family in this, in this, in this, in this, house, in this assembly. If you see the children, the children don't, they don't really necessarily look alike with the parents. But when they speak, it's as if they just assemble them together. Everybody just speaks quietly in the house. You hardly, you barely hear them. There's a nature that is strong by reason of association, by reason of life, by reason of what? Upbringing, by reason of togetherness. The same thing, God wants his DNA to be a part of your life. That is why he's saying, God, the scripture says that God is love. To that extent, therefore, God wants you to carry his nature. It's therefore an aberration. If you don't love, because that's the nature of God. It's out of place when you don't love. That is why sometimes when I hear people say, I can't, I can't love him or I can't love her. Well, Pastor, you don't really know what he has done. I can never, can never forgive, can never love. That just simply means that you don't understand the concept on the understanding of love. Because it's not conditional. Can you imagine if God would say, oh, I, I can't love them because they are stubborn-hearted. We're all done for. He was despised, the Bible tells us. He was bruised. He was insulted. But he didn't allow the emotions of the pains he went through to do what? To override the will of obeying the will of the master. And the same thing, friends, make love a priority. You must make love a priority. So if he says love one another, then it, it doesn't matter whether the person is wearing glasses or not wearing glasses, whether you like his face or you don't like his face, whether he has a B.O. or he doesn't have a B.O. Some of you don't know what a B.O. is. Somebody was telling me, my sister actually was telling me, now, how do you deal with an issue where, I don't know that I should say this, because people are watching me on social media. What if you work in an office environment, and the person that you're working with has a BO, a body odor, and it's a, it's a big issue in the office? How do you deal with it? How do you deal with it if, for instance, your spouse has a BO? Some will say, oh, I, I didn't know that this man or this woman was like this when before I married. Now you got into the relationship and you are irritated to a fault. It's not conditional. Your love is not conditional. Whether the man snores like a, somebody grinding a machine. No, it's not conditional, friends. But you do know that those little, little things are what make people. Those are the little things that cause issues for people. I just can't stand her. Why? 
You don't like the attitude. But it's not conditional on you loving. He says, love as a command. Most times, people who say they don't love are acting from a place of immaturity. And the Bible says, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20, it says, do not be children in understanding. Anyone who is still a malice keeper, who is specialized in the ministry of malice, who is specialized in the ministry of bitterness, I can't talk to him, I can't talk to her, you are a baby. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20, it says, in malice, be babies. But children don't keep malice. One moment they are angry, the next moment they are playing. But adults, spouses, one will face the north, one will face the south. You know in the house there's silent storm. Nobody talks to the other. You wake up in the morning, good morning, sir. And then you continue the storm. The man will be saying, Can't, don't you understand that he's the one that she's the one that offended me? Can't she say sorry? But the ego in the man wants to say, I can never say sorry. Where is love? Where is love? The will to obey the command of love must override your emotions. It must. That's what the Bible says that you should not allow the sun to go down on your anger. The will to obey. Can you imagine if, for instance, some of us, when we are facing the south, or the ones that are facing the east, or we're carrying bitterness, Jesus, the trumpet just sounds, papa, papa, and the archangels are coming down, and then everything. The Bible, that's why the Bible says that some will be left, some will be taken, some will be left behind. So we can't joke with it, friends. Love must be a priority. Loving each other must be a priority. Everyone who still does not and does not walk in love is a carnal Christian. It's a carnal Christian. Friends, your emotions must not get in the way. It must not get in the way. It must not get in the way. Yes, you have been hurt, but put it aside. Yes, you've been despised, but put it aside. Yes, you've been insulted, ridiculed. They did the same to Jesus. Put it aside. Why? For the joy that is ahead, for the kingdom that is ahead, for the glory that is ahead. Why? Lay down at the feet of the master. Jesus said, Lord, is it possible that this cup gets past me? So there was an emotion to it. But Jesus said, not my will, but Lord, your will be done. Friends, to love one another means to make it your priority. To make it your priority. And you can. Because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. The second thing that we see about real love and love for one another is that it says, it, it, it says that love one another as I have loved you. You see, when I read through that scripture, I realized that there was no exclusion list. In other words, Everybody that's a believer is included here because he was talking to Christians. He was talking to his disciples. And do you know, do you know the interesting thing? As God has different sets of children, there are different personalities of children. 
There are some that are irritating. There are some that are annoying. There are some that are difficult. There are some that are troublesome. There are some that are wacko. God has different sorts of children. Now when he says love one another, he's not saying love only those people who relate with you well. Those who, who are cool and calm and collected. Those who are easygoing. Those who are not troublemakers. He didn't say that. He says, he says love one another. In, in other words, that difficult brother, that difficult sister, that difficult spouse, that difficult husband or wife, that difficult person in your life, he's saying, love him. Love her. That's what it means. How I wish it was there was an exclusion list. Because if it was an exclusion list, maybe some of us would need to just avoid one bro, avoid one sister, just make up our mind that I'm not going to relate with some of my siblings. I'm not going to relate with this. Or this person, no. I'm not going to express or show love to that person. No, but that's not the kind of love. The Bible says that God in his love extends so much grace and love to every one of us, irrespective of who we are. I'd like you to turn to somebody again. Ask them, do you love me? Ask them again, am I annoying? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but do, do you realize that there's no annoying person that ever admits that they're annoying? There's not. There's no difficult person that ever admits that they are difficult people. Why? For, for some, life has wired them the way they are. And because of the way they are, they, they come off comfort as comfort, comfortational. They comfort as aggressive. You don't know the past where they have been. You don't know the, with the mode by, by which, through which they have been trained. And the life they have gone through have toughened them and made them who be, be who they are. So the moment they are approaching anyone, they are living out the experiences of their life and they are presenting that front. Please don't judge them by their, by, by their personality because you don't know the road they have passed. Love them the same the way they are. And trust God that within the context of their journey towards heaven, God will make them the person that God wants them to be. A couple of times we judge people, but you don't know the road they have passed. You don't know where they have been. The third thing that Jesus was saying in this love is that it gives us a standard. And he also lets us know that love, real love is an action. He says, as I have loved you. That means that there's an action behind it. There's some experiences to see. So real love, friends, is expressed by action. It says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18, dear, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let's show the truth by our actions. Love is not just a word. Or some will say love is just a word until it comes along. 
until someone comes along and gives it a meaning. It's just a word. Until someone makes a meaning out of it. People could identify the love that people show and exemplify. And say, oh, this is love. A great man of God called St. Augustine of Hippo. Pussy to tell us what real love is. And pussy this way. And I quote. He said, what does love look like? He said, love, real love has hands to help others. Real love has feet to hasten to the poor and the needy. It has eyes to see misery and want. It has ears to hear the signs and the sorrows of men. It says, real love has action backing it up. Friends, where is the action behind your love? Where is the action behind your love? If you look at the lives of people, the secrets of men, they say, is in their stories. We see, when you look at the life of the man called Job in the scriptures, in the book of Job chapter 29, we begin to see the secrets behind the life of that man. Job was a man full of love. Job was a man full of love. And if you read verse 11, 12, 13, up to 16 of the book of Job, Job began to say the things he was to people. An example of his love to others. He says in verse 11 of Job chapter 29. He said, all who heard me praised me. All who saw me spoke well of me. But, but look, at, look, at, look at why they were praising him. And why they were speaking well of him. He said, for I assisted the poor in their need. Action. And the orphans who required help. I helped those without hope and bless them. I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Verse 15. He says in verse 15, I served as eyes for the blind and feet for the lame. He said, I was a father to the poor. Verse 16. And I assisted strangers who needed help. That was love in action. That was love in action. How many of us today will assist strangers they never knew before? Love in action. Not to talk of a brother that is by your side. You see, often a time we are quick to judge, we are quick to criticize, we are quick to complain, we are, we are quick to say, oh, there's something wrong with this brother. Can't you see that this brother is always wearing one set of shirts, Michette, every Sunday? Can't you see the selecto shoes that brother is always wearing? But as you're looking at those things, where is the love that God has called you to do in being a blessing to that brother or that sister? Love is action. And I am believing God that throne of grace will be a loving church. Some will say, you know, when many of us was co were coming over to this side of the part of the world, we always felt when we were back home that the grass, grass were greener here. Oh, many people are laughing. <laughs> but that, that's, that's, 
Every person that is out there will tell you that the grass is greener here. There's nothing you tell them. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If a son will tell you, tell them otherwise, they'll say, okay, let us switch roles. But many of all that are here, we know that all oh, life sucks also here and sucks badly. So you see people chasing their tail just to make a living. You see people walking through different kinds, several jobs, yet despite all of that put together, does some, everything doesn't seem to add up. Before you know what's happening, one bill here, one bill there, one CRA here, here one, this one there. And you're just wondering, is this all that there is to life? Is this all? But see, within the context of that, we get overwhelmed with ourselves. That's the challenging aspect of it. We get overwhelmed with ourselves. We get overwhelmed with chasing to make things work for ourselves without recognizing that there's a brother out there, there's a sister out there that God still wants you to reach out to. There's someone there that God wants you to reach out to. Can you be eyes, hands to help someone? Can you be fit, quick to help the poor and the needy? Can you be eyes to those that I need? Can you close your ears to your own pains, your own challenges, and rise to assist someone that is close by you? One of the things that I found out in life is that where anyone is today and the person is complaining, say, Lord, why am I in this location? Lord, please take me higher. Somebody else is praying, Lord, please make me like that brother. Make me like that sister. So wherever you are, you can be a blessing to someone. And, and, and there are about six or seven, if I can have time, around about ten practical things that we can do to express love one to another. Practical ways that we can express love because it's not sufficient to talk about love without expressing it in a practical way. One way to express practical love one for another is that we must learn to respect and honor each other. Learn to respect and honor each other. Turn to someone to your left or your right that you have not spoken to because of this service. Tell them, I will respect you. I will honor you. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as a member of one family. It goes on to say, try to undo yourself, undo each other in respect and honor of one another. Undo each other. One of the greatest challenges I have with our community, and what I mean by our community, I mean um, for many of us who are from the African descent, is that we only feel that respect should be for people who are who are on top. On top by age, on top by means, 
on top by position. Any other thing? No. And for people as well who are from our community, they feel respect should only be, a woman should only respect the man and not vice versa. The man should not respect the woman. But that's not what scripture says. Here scripture is saying, undo yourself. He didn't say undo yourself only for the seniors or other ones. He said undo yourself to do what? To respect and honor one another. Friends, respect and honor is a seed everyone has got to sow. And if you want a harvest of respect and honor back, you've got to learn to sow your own side of your seed of respect. We've got to learn to be courteous, to be kind, to be gracious with words. That's what respect is. To show kindness with people and to people. But how you say, by your mannerism. Now somebody's talking to you and uh, you're frowning your face. It says, let your conversation be gracious, attractive. And one of the ways that we can show a lot of respect for a couple of us is that we must learn in our community not to raise our voices. Especially when we're talking. Oh, I've seen people, people have differences of opinion. And they're speaking quietly. You know, but you, don't, you know, I don't really agree totally with that position. They say, yeah, but that's my position anyway. What do you think? You say, well, I have a different view. My view is that so and so, so is the way to go. Anyways, that's your view, but that is, this is my view. But let it be us in our community having different views. We want to win not only the argument and lose the personality. So we are ready to flex muscles to a fault. Raise your voice as if raising the voice will make your argument stronger. We must learn to respect people. We must re learn to respect people. And friends, that is even in the communication of your values and your ideas. You know, uh, by the special grace of God, I, I've been privileged to serve in a board of a college here in Ontario. And the way the people master out their arguments, even when it runs contrary to what the other person is saying, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. You, somebody picks up a conversation and says, okay, you know this principle we're discussing? This is what I feel about it. The other person is going to counter that opposition. You say, oh, I just like what is said now. I think I like his idea. And I think it's a very good idea. It has worked in several other places. I just have a little suggestion to add. I think if we flavor it in this way, he moves away totally from the flavor he's talking about. It's not flavor. She has changed course and moved to somewhere else. And given a different perspective without me feeling bad that they have just thrown me under the bus. But let it be our own people. Oh. What you are saying is rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. But friends, mind you, that is his idea. That is my idea. Why would you rubbish my own idea because you have a different opinion? 
I've come based on my idea, based on my experiences. You have your ideas based on your experiences. Why not respect it? Respect it, friends. And even respect it the way you say it. We have a lot of husbands and wives quarrel over nothing. And then the man, because he wants to flex his ego, begins to shout at the top of the... So shut up there! Shut up! Shut up, what do you know? It's a lie. He, she knows more. You can't control it. That's why you're telling him to, her to shut up. But have you, have you seen it that men go defensive when they're talking with... I don't know whether... Maybe not all men. But a couple of men, they go defensive when they're talking to their wife. Their wife is marshalling at the point, quietly and coolly. They say, shut up there. You're just going to learn and respect one another. That's what the scripture says. Let's show respect, friends. Can you imagine if God were to tell us to shut up? Many times we come to God and say, Lord, you know, I don't feel like praying today. God will say, you, shut up. <laughs> May God help us. May God help us. How do we practicalize love one for another? Be friendly. Let's be friendly, friends. Let's be friendly. There is no other community that God expects you to find friends in than the church community. However, people have been badly bruised and wounded in the church community that they don't want to find friends here. And it's not supposed to be so. It's not supposed to be so. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 18, 24, the Bible says, A man who has friends must himself be what? Be friendly. Be friendly. Be friendly. Be friendly. Friends, you want to express the love of Christ to one another? You can't do it without having, making friends. You can't. You can't. You are going to be friendly. Most times, many of us come into church posing as if we are posing for somebody. You're not posing for anybody. Everybody's minding their business. Be friendly. Be friendly. We're going to drop the walls we built around ourselves. For some of us, we have built a lot of walls around ourselves. We, we have said, I can never be vulnerable any longer because somebody has wounded you before. What a big mistake you'll be making if you won't allow yourself to be vulnerable. Even Jesus had 12 disciples who were his friends. The Bible says he called them first to be with him. If, if, you, look at, if, you, look at, if you look at Mark chapter 3, read the verse 14 of the Passion Translation. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Passion Translation. The Bible says he appointed the 12 whom he named the apostles. He wanted them to continually be at his side as his friends first. Not as his errand mere boys. As his friends first. As his friends. Now if Jesus, who is God, wanted friends, what about you? What about me? And the only way, friends, to show us to have friends is to, is, is to make yourself friendly. Some of us, the way we walk, 
even around church, it's like I think the weight of the world is around, around on our shoulder. Your face is so hard. The stone wall. How are you? Fine. How was your week? Good. You are, you are quickly in a hurry to get out. How will, you, how will you find friends? Oh, but somebody will say, oh, but I don't, I don't need friends. I, I don't need friends. I don't. If, if, even God, when he created man, the Bible says, let us make man in our image so that, he will do what, so that we can have fellowship. The reason for church is for fellowship. That's why online is not good because you're by yourself. You're by yourself. We're here for one another. We're here to associate. We're here to build a community of friends. And friends, you're going to make yourself friendly. The, the advantages far outweigh. They far outweigh the challenges therein. Oh, are there challenges? Of course, there are. Ask Judas, who betrayed Christ. But at the same time, ask John, who Jesus could say, Mother, behold your son. Because of depth of friendship and love. Oh, I, I would rather have 12 friends, even if one is Judas. Let me be carrying the stab on my back. But there are 11 others that I can roll with and be happy with. Because life is good with friends. The reason why many people are going through depression is because there's no friend there in your life. You have built a wall around yourself. You built a cocoon. You have put iron gates. You have locked up the door and they thrown the key into the ocean. Be friendly. Be friendly. Wear a smile. The pastor that preached last Sunday, buddy, very good friend of mine, been friends for over 30 years, 30 years plus. He was the one that toasted me. You know what they call toast? He just walked up to me and said, oh boy, I want to be your friend. At the point where high, 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 high. But in my head, I'm saying, what kind of, why will, why will he be saying, I want to be your friend? Oh, but since then, you see, there's something about, about invitation and acceptance that brings a commitment. Jesus invited the disciples and they accepted. And then they became a commitment. If, if you don't have friends, walk up to somebody after church and say, oh boy, or woman, or girl, or whatever it is you want to call them. Hey, can we, can we be friends? Can we be friends? Can we be friends? And be ready to pay the price required for friendship. Be ready to pay the price. Because there's value in it. There's value in it. May God send you good friends. May God send you valuable friends. May God send you friends that will lift you high. May God send you friends that are stronger than brothers. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, I make boast to say that all the jobs I have worked in my life, all employment jobs that I've worked, I didn't apply for any one of them. Not one. They were referrals from friends. Oh, friends, you can you give me your resume? They're employing the say, take. He will be the one to do the job for me. He will speak to the people that I need to be spoken to. I will just go for an interview for formality. And the doors will open. You want to climb the ladder of success? You need friends. You need friends. They say that the money flows 
in ships, relationships, friendship, mentorship, different ships. But if you are I, me, and myself, arrogant and full of yourself, even God will resist you. The third thing, practical ways. We must show love one for another. Before I go to the third one. So please, if at the end of the service, there are no people that are your friends here, please look for somebody and hook up to them. Hook up, say, Pastor says I should hook up to you. <laughs> if they refuse to hook up, please come and report them. Come and report them. It's true because if there was one church that I was in before, you know, so many years ago. I tried to enter inside. I, liked, I just like this set of young, upwardly climbing guys. They were, they were, they were, they look like happening guys, you know, in the church where I was then. And I just liked, I just liked their, their set. And I tried to uh, approach them. I tried to enter in. They were just giving me, they blocked me, blocked me so hard. <laughs> Let's make friends. Canada is too lonely not to have friends. Most part of the time, you are locked up by snow in the house. So can you imagine if, for instance, nobody can call you to say, oh, how are you doing? It's a friend that will ride through the snow to come and check you up. Or to come and just hang out with you. Have friends. Have friends. Despite the challenges, have friends. My friends, because I know some of you hearing the sound of my voice, you've been too badly wounded by friends, and you don't want to be open any longer. Please, may God open your heart to be open. The fourth thing, practical ways of loving one another is that we must learn to pray for one another. I'm not going to dwell here. I'm not going to dwell here. James chapter 5 verse 16, the Bible says, pray for one another. It's, it's not saying gossip about one another. It says pray for one another. Pray. Pray. Pray for one another. There's somebody in you, you, you're, just, you're just looking at and you don't understand what is going on about the life of that person. Pray for him. Pray for her. Pray for one another. Lift them up. Commit them to God. Ask God to make a work. Create a work. Prayer is a powerful tool. Let's use it, friends. Let's use it. So if God is saying love one another, he's invariably saying, please pray for one another. Just in case you don't like people praying for you, please, I like people praying for me. So please pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. The fourth thing. You want to love one another? Then learn to invite people into your life and your home. Invite people into your life and your home. Pastor, do you mean that in North America, in Canada, we can invite people into our lives and our homes? The Bible is for all, all continents, all environments, all cultures, all tribe. Romans chapter 12 and verse 13. When God's children are in need, you be the one to help them. And get into the habit of inviting guests 
I think that's the passion of the message translation. Get into the habit of inviting guests home. Get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if need be for lodging for the night. That's scripture, so Proverbs, I think that's the message of the Passion Translation. If need be for lodging for the night. If need be. We've got to learn to practice it. Do you know that Abraham secured God's attention because he saw strangers passing by and decided to do what? Invite them. Invite them in. Invite them in. And started chatting with them. The woman of Shunem, that we call the Shunamite woman, was just seeing a man of God passing or somebody just passing by. Every time I see this man passing every Sunday, where is he always going to? You see somebody new in church. I think this morning we were talking about the fact that um, many of us, when we came into, into Canada, nobody told us anything. So you see somebody new in church. The first time, say, oh, how are you? Say, fine. Are you new? So, oh, I'm new. How, many, how, how long have you been? Oh, I've just been here for two months. That is the opportunity to invite the person into your life. Because you could be a help to such an individual. You could be a blessing to such an individual. You could be. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 44, it says the brethren were together. They had everything in common. They opened their lives to one another. Can, can you open your life to one another? I, I want to believe God that despite, despite, despite the barriers around, we can make up our minds to extend ourselves to one another. To open ourselves. The extension of that is, is the next point that talks about practicing hospitality. Oh, it's very, 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 very key in scriptures. What I found is that many unbelievers practice hospitality more than we Christians. I'm sorry to say, but many unbelievers practice hospitality more than Christians. Invite a fellow brother to the house. Or you, sometimes you see unbelievers say, hey, oh boy, let's, hey, can we go hang out? They go hang out. They spend, the guy spends his money and they're just having good time. And then that, was, that is it. And then he goes. But let a brother or a sister invite somebody out. If I like the very sad story that I had. A guy invited a young lady out. He said, hey, let's go out. And then they went out and they got to Pickle Barrett, one of the restaurants, you know, in downtown. And they ordered for the meal tilapia and creamy lobster. And then the lady looked at the menu, said, what should I order? So okay, let's take seafood linguine. And then the waiter said, one bill, and the guy looked at the lady and said, we split it. <laughs> you know, when, you say, when they say you split it, already means 50-50. So 
do the bill separately. You don't even need more than split bill for the waiter to know that everybody's on their own. Why did you invite the lady out when you can't even pay the bill? Let her sit at home and then why will you invite somebody out? And I, I see a number of young people who invite people out and you can't pay the bill. That is stinginess. Stinginess. It's sad. What we paying a 20 or a 30 dollars do to your pocket? If you really love, then spend it. Spend the money. The extension of it is, I have visited some people before. I'm saying it raw because I'm pastor who loves you. I've visited some people before. They don't even offer me one cup of water for me to say no. Yeah, we'll still go because of love. We're going to learn to practice hospitality, friends. We're going to learn to practice hospitality. The Bible says that so the elders of old did what entertained angels. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. Hebrews 13 verse 1. Say, keep, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Verse 2. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Friends, we're going to learn to practice hospitality. That's part of love. You look at somebody and you say, okay, I'm going to bless this person. Invite them home. Have a good lunch. Have a good dinner. It makes a whole world of difference. It makes a whole world of difference. The sixth way to practice loving one another. Maybe, for instance, you, you can't invite somebody home for whatever reason. But you have a car. Do you know that you can practice love with your car? You can. Oh, you can take the person and say, oh, you just came in new into town, right? Oh, oh. do you know Jane and Finch? I say, no. Do you know the African stores around? You say, no. Do you know? No. Okay, I'll come and pick you on a Saturday. I can come and pick you on so and so date. If you're free, I'll take you. I'll take you. Do you think you'd be a blessing to such an individual? Of course. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. By using your car just to be a blessing to someone. You see, memories of what we do for people last for a lifetime. They last. They last. Before I proposed to my wife, there was no way in my wildest imagination that I was going to marry her. I was driving one day on what the road that they call uh, Upper Mission in Benin City. And it was raining. I had met her once with a friend. And then suddenly I drove past the intersection of a house. And I saw her with an umbrella standing by the junction. And then suddenly just said, stop. I, it was running against time for me. My dad had sent me on an errand. I was supposed to be going somewhere. But I, I just stopped. And... I said to her, oh, where are you going? I said, it's raining. He said, I'm just going to church down there. I said, do you mind coming in? Let me drop you on and I can go on my way. And then she entered into the car and I dropped her and I continued where I was going. There was no iota of thoughts that I was going to marry her. 
But guess what? When God said to me that this is the woman that I was going to marry, do you think that memory will not resound? Oh, yes. In fact, one of the things that quickly made her to say, I, I agree, she remembered the memories. The Bible says of, of, of Colinius, it says, Your good works have come as a, what? As a memorial. Listen, friends, gestures, small gestures amount to much before the presence of God and in the eyes of people. Let's practice, practice. Let's practice helping others. You have a car and people are closing from church. That's an opportunity to take, drive, drop somebody and say, look, hey, uh, next Sunday I'll pick you up and bring you to church. And then it becomes a, a pattern, a habit. So don't, don't say, oh, but you know, uh, I don't want to in, intrude into this private space. It's a private life. No, I don't want to. I let, let it just be there. It's, it's my, just my life. It's a life. It's my life. No. The Kinodi will give you a testimony. When the church started early, you know, I was asking God, Lord, please send us people. Send us people. Please, Lord, send us people. One day the phone rang, and it happened to default, the church phone rang, and it happened to default into my handset. And then I picked up the phone, and he said, hey, is that the headquarters of Redeem? I said, oh, no, the headquarters of Redeem is not here. <laughs> Are you talking about the one in Nigeria or the one in... Um... And he said, no, I mean the headquarters. Of... I said, look, there's one in North Tor Toronto, which is the first Redeem church. I said, I'm new, I'm looking for a church to attend. So, okay, please, can you give me your address? I looked up the address. The Kinodi lives in East York. When I googled East York from where we were using Sheraton at the time, it was 30 minutes drive without traffic. Plus. And I said to him, sorry, can I just quickly check a redeemed church near you? So I googled under redeemed church and I realized that there was under redeemed church not too far. And I said to him, please, can you go to this redeemed church not too far from you? And I called one of the redeemed churches. And I dropped the phone. Immediately I finished dropping the phone. I had the Holy Spirit say to me, I thought you said you needed people. <laughs> you can ask him. He didn't know why I called him back. Well, of course, but he had already, by now he already knew the, knows the story. But I called him back almost immediately. And I said to him, sorry, I'll pick you up. And he's a witness. For so many months, I, I will first drive from Richmond Hill first to East York. Thank God he was a diligent person. Once I get there, he's already in. He jumps into the car. And he came with his brother. He came with his sister. After service we will all be the ones to clean up and pack up and you'll be there waiting. After that, I'll go and drop him. For some of us, even when people pick you up, once they're not ready, you are frowning your face when they're even doing you a favor. But subsequently, God has blessed Nodi so much that not only has, is he the one picking up people, but you see, the, the blessings I have received from him by reason of little gestures of picking, I can't count them. Can't count them. You see, don't judge people by where they are now. Rather look beyond what God has in stock because you never can tell who will be a blessing to you tomorrow. 
But if you deny that opportunity today, you lose a massive opportunity tomorrow. So I want to spend time. The time is gone. I think I need to wrap up. I talk on one more point. You want to practice love? Love one another? Tell somebody be quick to forgive. <laughs> Tell somebody else be quick to forgive. I hear somebody saying, Pastor, you are saying that because you don't know what they have done. <laughs> if you really know what they have done, you can't really say that. But let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, message translation, and we'll wrap up there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, But even temper, be even temper, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. As quickly and completely as the master forgave you. As quickly and completely. Quickly and completely. Forgiveness is not forgiveness until there is a full restoration to where the person was before. I hear people say, I have forgiven. But pastor, I have not forgotten. Pastor, I have forgiven. But let him or her, let her be there. But I've also heard people say, I can never forgive. The danger of that, friends, is that you will deny your own forgiveness. You deny the opportunity for God to also forgive you. The Bible says offenses will come. So make no mistakes. People are going to offend you. They will. Even the tongue and the teeth, they sometimes they fight. Suddenly, you're just talking and then you, your, your teeth bites your tongue. You say, hey, 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 hey. The tongue is saying, it's spreading me, it's spreading me, it's spreading me. The teeth is laughing. <laughs> because the teeth is not saying anything, the is, but the tongue is feeling it. Do you throw away, the, pull away the tongue, the teeth from the tongue? No. Friends, we are members of the same family. We are born, bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. We are going to heaven together. In the big family of God, Jesus is our Lord, He's our friend, He's our master. It's our brother. It's our everything. And friends, we can't but otherwise forgive one another because we're going to the same place. Can you imagine if, for instance, we get to heaven and we are, if I'm in the first place, you're not going to get to heaven without forgiveness. So you've got to let go. You've got to let go. H have you been wounded? Let go. Have you been bruised, despised? Let go. Someone offended you and... It's been so hurting and painful. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. God wants us to live a life of impact. Your love can make an impact. Your life can be a life of impact. Small gestures can have a great impact in the life of people. 
It can, can make a world of difference. As little as a small gesture of a woman called Mary pouring oil in the head of Jesus is a story that resounds for eternity. At the time, they were saying, hey, why are you wasting this substance? But those were little gestures. What are the small gestures that you can do in the life of somebody that will change their life and change their life altogether? Jesus says, on that last day, I'm not going to ask you how many times did you pray? Prayer is good. I'm not going to ask you how many, how many times did you fast? Fasting is good. I'm going to only ask you, oh, you saw me naked. And you clothed me. I, I was a stranger. You took me in. I was in prison. You visited me. Those are acts of love. My prayer is that God will help you to walk in love. In the mighty name of Jesus. Love is a fruit of the Spirit, friends. We're going to ask that the Holy Spirit will baptize us with the fruits of love. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'd like you to stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.